Welcome to NoSpinHomilies.com. I invite you to join me to reflect upon the homilies of Father Dan. Father Dan will challenge us to open our heart, mind, and soul to the Word of God. Father Dan will draw upon sacred scripture along with art, literature, and the lives of the saints to help us grow in our love and knowledge of the scripture. In doing so, we can become the living Word of God in this world. Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. Today, our church around the world celebrates the great feast of the Holy Family, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. Now, the readings for this weekend are perfect. They speak about biblical family values. Now, what's interesting about these biblical family values is that they may not be the values that immediately spring into your mind. Now, we are sentimental when it comes to our families, especially now during this Christmas season. We've celebrated Christmas with our families and even our extended families. And so there's nothing wrong with that. But there's something very blunt and even demanding when it comes to these biblical family values we hear in the readings. Go to the first reading. We hear from the first book of the prophet Samuel. Now, if you're ever interested in reading the Bible on a regular basis, I would start with the first book of the prophet Samuel. Why? Because it's a great story. It has rich characters and it's full of adventure. And so today we start at the very beginning of the book of the prophet Samuel. The main character here is Hannah, who is the mother of Samuel. In the first chapter, we are told that Hannah went up every year to the temple to pray to God. In fact, begging God for a child. Now this was a source of great anxiety for Hannah. And I'm sure it must be for many women who want to be mothers. In fact, in biblical times, even more so. In the ancient world, motherhood was considered a gift from God. In fact, the Jewish people in the ancient world believed that a woman's identity was wrapped up in the ability to bear children. So this must have been devastating for Hannah. And so she goes up to the temple year after year after year. And she prays to God. She begs God for a child. This is a great spiritual lesson for each and every one of us. In the midst of our weakness, in the midst of our challenges, can be God's point of entry into our life and into our situation. Now, many of us have experienced something to the extent of what Hannah experienced. We've gone to that sacred space and we've prayed to God. We've begged God for something. We've said to God, why is this happening to me? Why have I been diagnosed with this disease? Why have I lost my job? Why is my life in ruins? Or maybe we say, Lord, why can't I just get this? Or why can't you grant me that? You know, my life would be better if you could just do this for me. And so we are frustrated. What we consider suffering in our life In some ways, God sees as a point of entry into our life. And that's what we're going to see in the story of Hannah. Now, to add insult to injury, Anna is praying very passionately to the extent that the chief priest of the temple, Eli, comes by and he sees Anna. He listens to her and he thinks that she is drunk. 
and he publicly admonishes her. He yells at her, but this doesn't deter Hannah. She continues to pray. It's a testament of her faith and her strength of character. And so we listen to Hannah as she prays. She says, Lord, please give me a child, a male child, so that I can give him back to you as a Nazarite. A Nazarite in the ancient world was considered like a monk, a person that was devoted to a life of prayer. Now, this is an extraordinary prayer that Hannah is making. And the Lord answers her prayer. She becomes pregnant and she gives birth to Samuel. And as we hear in the first reading, when Samuel was a child and very young, Hannah brought Samuel to the temple and gave Samuel to Eli, the chief priest of the temple. Essentially, Hannah is giving Samuel away to God. Now, we know that Samuel will grow up and become one of the most powerful and one of the most important prophets in all of Israel history. And yet, we can only imagine how difficult this must have been for Hannah. For years and years, she begged God for a child, and God answered her prayers. And now, she had to give that child back to God. Herein lies the first biblical spiritual family value that we can take from this. Your being, your faith will increase by the very measure you give to God what God has given to you. Like Hannah, we've been all been given gifts, time, talent, treasure, skills, abilities. Well, when you give to God what God has given to you, that is a moment in which you are lifted up by God and your faith grows all the more stronger for it. Now, this is precisely contrary to so many people in this world who have expectations of happiness. People believe happiness is all about filling up whatever they think they are lacking in their life, whatever it may be, fame, fortune, honor, power, money, materialism. They lack those things, and so they think that if they fill themselves up with those things, they'll be happy, and they're not. That's not the source of happiness. Instead, this biblical family value is one in which your soul will magnify God's glory and God's presence precisely when you give back to God what God has given to you. I'll give you some examples of this. The apostles are on top of the mountain. They have just a few fish, a couple loaves of bread. They give that back to God. And what does Jesus do? He multiplies them to the extent that he feeds 5,000. Remember just a few weeks ago, the story in Advent of Elijah. He visits the widow of Zephyrath. They are living in a time in which there is a great drought and they have very little food. In fact, she's preparing one last meal for her and her son. And after that, they're going to starve to death. And yet she gives all that food that she has to Elijah. And what happens at the end of the story? God blesses the widow, and it says, The oil and the flour multiplied so that she and her son could eat for an entire year and escape the drought. Well, look at Hannah. We don't hear it in the first reading, but later on in the book of the prophet Samuel, right after Hannah gives Samuel back to God, she gives birth to five more children, three daughters and two sons. Again, 
Your faith will increase. Your being will increase by the very measure in which you give back to God what God has given to you. Now, with that in mind, let's leave this first reading and all the emotional overtones to it and turn to the gospel. Here we find the Holy Family, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. They just finished worshiping God in the Passover, and now they're traveling back home to Nazareth in a caravan with family and friends. Mary and Joseph find that Jesus is not with them. Now, we can only imagine how they agonized over this. Probably one of the worst fears of a parent is to have a lost child. Now, you may say to yourself, well, how can this be? How can the parents lose one child? We have to understand the Jewish tradition in the ancient world on how to raise young boys. From birth to puberty, the child was primarily raised by its mother. Now, the mother taught the boy hygiene and manners, but she also taught the boy faith. And it was around puberty that, for lack of a better term, was the handoff. The mother handed the child off to the father. And at that time, then the child was primarily raised by the father. The father taught the child the trade, whatever it may be. In Joseph's case, it was carpentry. But also, Joseph taught Jesus how to carry himself as a man. And so Jesus, it says in the gospel, his age was 12 years old. So he was at that period of transition. Now, Joseph doesn't have Jesus, and so he thinks Mary is still raising him. Mary doesn't see Jesus, so she naturally thinks, well, now Joseph has taken Jesus under his ring, and now he's begun to raise the child as a man. And so they don't find Jesus, and they search for him for three days. We can only imagine how emotionally wrought they were. For three days and three nights, they think probably the worst of what could happen to Jesus. Finally, they find him in the temple. And Mary says what? Son, why have you done this to us? Your father and I have looked for you with great anxiety. Jesus responds, why? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? Well, herein lies a great biblical family value. One of the purposes of a family is to be a forum in which all members of the family discern, understand, and then nurture their individual vocations. I'll give you some examples. A husband. His vocation is to be a husband, but also a father to the children. A wife. Her vocation is to be a wife, but also a mother to the family. The kids, later on as they grow up, they will discover their own vocations as they grow up. But all members of the family, they belong to God. But each member serves God according to their own specific vocation. And in that family, they all nurture their individual vocations. Each member of the family letting the others go to pursue their vocation in serving God. Just like Mary and Joseph let Jesus go, Hannah let Samuel go in order to serve the Lord. And that's what the family does. Friends, today we celebrate the Feast of the Holy Family, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. They are the quintessential icon of how to make our own personal families holy. And the scriptures this weekend are perfect. 
They give us some great spiritual lessons as well as some biblical family values for us to apply in our families so that we too can have a holy family of our own. And may the grace and the peace of Jesus Christ rest upon you always.